Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Bolton E-Bikes podcast, a place where you can learn all about electric bikes, or occasionally I get somebody just like you, the listeners, to be on the show here with me, and we get to learn about their experience with e-bikes, how they learned about electric bikes, what are they doing with them to have fun with them, and we always find somebody unique and different, and I think these are really valuable. So today, I have... Scott, a.k.a. Tiny (laughs) Gaiden, from Tennessee with us. So welcome to the Bolton E-Bikes podcast, Scott. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you being on today. First off, I already know the answer to this, but uh, or maybe I don't know the answer to my question, but I know part of the background. You just told me. How did you get the nickname Tiny? Uh, Well, uh, it's kind of stuck around for a while. I'm I'm 6'8 and 330 pounds, so... Somebody long ago said, "Man, you're not so tiny. We ought to give you, you know, one of those weird nicknames. Hey, tiny is a good one. We'll call you tiny." <laughs> and it just stuck, huh? It just stuck. And yeah, my family calls me Scott, but I can always know when when it's like a stranger, like a telemarketer, or someone that's trying to sell me something because they'll they'll say, "Hey, uh, Scott," or "Hey, hey, Mr. Gaden." It's like, yeah, you know, everybody. Even uh, I work for a, a small school district here. You know, everybody at, at my work called me tiny. So, uh, affectionately, affectionately named. <laughs> well, awesome. Now, I got to ask, since we're talking about this already, and this is a common question I have, so hopefully this helps with some others. Has it been a struggle for you to find bicycles that fit you? Yeah, it really has. I'll be honest with you. I'm not a bike person, uh, or I wasn't really. I, I had bikes growing up, maybe, you know, until I was in my teens, I had little BMX style bikes and and all that, and we rode around the neighborhood and all, but it wasn't until, I guess, a couple of years ago, I went looking for a, a bike, you know, ride around, get some exercise, and you're right, man, it was a it was a complete struggle. Most of them were made for individuals or, you know, up to like, you know, six foot two, six foot three, kind of a cutoff. Once you get over that, I found that like, I, when I would ride some that were made for maybe a shorter person, my hands would get real cramped and they'd fall asleep, putting too much pressure on my hands, on the handlebars, and my back would hurt, and it just never seemed like I could find the one. I kind of what brought me to, to you and the and e-bike was hearing this virus safer at home orders and that kind of thing. We spend a lot of time at home. I went looking for one. My wife had an old hubby, you know, that was in the garage and a little carrier for, for our son. And I wanted to ride with them as a family. And I went on Craigslist and I found a Jameis, an older Jameis uh, mountain bike. When I got there to look at it, I was really excited because it's a 26 inch tire and a 21 inch frame and the guy said he was having a hard time selling it because it was made for somebody who was a lot taller <laughs> and you're like perfect that's what i need <laughs> yep that's it i said man it, it's perfect it's great it wasn't very long until you know, i realized that i'm not in the shape that i thought i was to ride a bike okay so then you started looking around at, at e-bikes did you see somebody or know somebody who had one or what was your your first time you really kind of considered that it was kind of echo what papa ken said on his podcast episode i listened to him and it was kind of neat how similar our stories are and i imagine it's going to be a lot with the same you know with a lot of people we were spending a lot of time at home sacred homeowners looking for stuff to do i found a mountain bike that was just you know I, i couldn't ride maybe a mile on these light hills that we have in west tennessee and i was getting winded and that just hurt me it wasn't enjoyable but I wanted to spend time with my family, my son, and like him, I went to a couple of bike shops and uh, local bike shops, 
and started asking about them. And I don't know if it's just the bike shops here or certainly not all of them. I know, but they weren't very accommodating to outsiders uh, as far as, like I say, I'm, I'm not a bike person. I don't know, uh, you know, I, until now I didn't know what a, the difference between a 21 speed and a 17 speed or a, a rear cassette and a, you know, all the different parts. I just didn't know. And, Sure. It's, it sounds to me like you're the typical person buying an e-bike, to be honest, though. <laughs> and that's so it's totally OK. But I understand what you mean. Yeah, you go to a bike shop and maybe they start asking you questions. Well, do you want this or this? And it's kind of like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> In fact, it was really over my head. And one of the ones I went to, I could see the he was I think he was the owner and the salesman all, you know, all together. It was him, just a, a tech that was repairing bikes. I could see and I could hear his voice, him getting frustrated because I didn't understand. And I thought, I, I just kind of stopped and said, you know what? Hey, I appreciate your time. I'm going to go somewhere else. And, and unfortunately, the next place I went, I experienced much the same thing. So uh, it was kind of a, uh, it was very disheartening almost. So, you know, I don't want to waste anybody's time. So let me go do some research. Maybe I'm asking the wrong question. So when I went home and I started looking on YouTube and I found this guy on YouTube, that was in some of his older videos, he was showing how to build any bike. And it looked like he was building it in like maybe an attic or something. And, <laughs> and he had a green screen with some bricks on the back of it. And I thought, man, that guy is kind of really, man, he's giving away this information. I mean, he's just putting it out there. I mean, I wonder if he has a, a bike shop. Sure enough, you know, I found your website a, a little later. But what I thought was so neat was you kind of have the attitude, you're down to earth, and you have the attitude of you buy my bike or buy any bike. I want to help you learn about e-bikes. I want to help you fulfill that desire. And that was really cool. That was my first experience knowing that an e-bike existed, really. And that was kind of a, a light bulb moment. I thought, man, that makes a lot of sense. You know, we put an electric motor and a little battery on the bike and increase the range and pedal assist. Probably watched all your videos just because I was I had that thirst for knowledge. I was like, this is so, so foreign to me. I, I want to know more and more about it. You have no idea how happy that makes me <laughs> to hear that because I have no idea what people are thinking when they watch these old videos and I'm thinking, oh, that was outdated and there's so many things I would have done differently. But that really does, uh, I appreciate you sharing that because that, that helps me to know that the end goal, which was, like you said, just help people learn about, give them the information. And then from there, at least they have the knowledge on what to do, whether it's buy one of my bikes or not at least you then have the information to know what you're getting into. Right. All the small business and my wife owns a small business too. We've gone to you know, various seminars and, and speakers. And one of my favorites is a Donald Miller. And he wrote a book called Building a Story Brand. And we've tried to subscribe to that in our own businesses. And basically, it's, he spoils all the movies, all movies and all books for you. <laughs> and he tells you that it's not about the hero. It's about the guy. It's not about Luke Skywalker. It's about R2-D2. It's not about the different, you know, heroes in the movie. It's the guy. You, in business, you don't want to be the hero. The hero is the customer. The customer has a problem. What is that problem? They need something. They desire something like that. And really, I noticed quite quickly from your videos and your reading the information on your, your website, your knowledge base, that you were that guy. I mean, you were the guy that I was looking for in this journey. Uh, you know, my journey is I want to find a bike. And I'm having problems finding one for my height, and I'm having problems understanding the terminology. And now these e-bikes are now out there that I know about. I want to 
find out more information and you're were that guide for me. And I mean, Bolton was that guide for me. And that's what ultimately led me to decide to buy one of your bikes. I think one thing that was the tipping point for me was, and I may, I could be wrong. I can't remember the exact video. I think it was the video where you did the ride on the Bolton 2020 and you talked about the three different options. And then towards the end of that video, you talked about shipping and LTL versus ground and the different, you know, you had so much information about that and, and your feelings as far as LTL versus ground shipping and that kind of thing. I thought for somebody to take that much time, has that much passion to come to the realization that yes, LTL shipping costs more than ground and, you know, you're not passing that on to the customer. You know, I know you have cheated a lot of that cost, but somebody that takes, that has that level of dedication and passion, the end of that video is what told me I'm buying one of his bikes. That's it. I knew I wanted one, you know. <laughs> Now I'm buying one. And much like a lot of people, we were behind the curve. So everybody was sold out. And the blue Bolton 2020 with the polished wheels, man, I thought, I told myself, if that thing ever goes back in stock, I'm pulling the trigger on it. I want that bike. I'll be honest. The Blackbird model that we have now that's just available in black, probably the number one request I think I've had lately is, are you going to have the blue one at some point again in the future? So. It'll be next year, honestly, just because of how things are going right now. There's, you know, there's so many delays and we're having so many challenges getting parts and pieces. I know it's not going to happen this year and that would just be unrealistic. But don't worry for those wondering. Yes, we'll bring that blue back, but it's it's going to be a little ways down the road. But it will be available at some point in the future. Because, <laughs> yeah, it's a really nice color and it uh, a lot of people really, really love that. They sold out very fast when we had them. We do need to bring that back someday. That was really neat. I like the, the one with the purple wheels, the black kind of metallic finish on the frame, the purple wheels. They were all really good looking, but that blue with the polished wheels, it just looked kind of reminding me of like a, a hot rod or something. Yeah. To kind of go along with that, since they were all sold out, the full frame bikes were, you know, were sold out. I think you had the uh, thousand watt mid drive. Uh, I can't recall that the model off the top of my head. Yeah, probably the, the Fox Bat model is the. The most popular thousand watt mid drive people are usually looking at the Foxbat and the Warthog. I saw those. And I was like, ah, I really like that Bolton twenty twenty style, and um, I kind of did what I think some people are doing, and maybe more people need to is that engage with the community. Uh, I went on Facebook and I found your Facebook group, and then I found the user community and got plugged in, and I signed up for notifications on the YouTube videos and subscribed to those. Hit the little bell, so every Thursday. You released the YouTube videos. I was waiting for that video saying that, hey, the Bolton 2020s are available again. I remember I was I was working in, in our metal shop, and I was cutting away, and my wife had also subscribed to, to the channel, too. And I was running the welder and had my hood down and my gloves and all on, and all of a sudden, my wife comes outside, and, and she's poking me on the shoulder, and, <laughs> and I, it scares me, and I pull the hood up, and I look around, and I said, what? And she goes, hey, Bolton just released a new video. And it's a, it's a new bike that's available for pre-order. I immediately, I, you know, I threw my gloves off, I took the hood off, and I uh, sat down and watched the video from my phone right then. And that was the Blackbird has landed video. Um, <laughs> awesome. That was it. The features that the Blackbird has that the 2020 didn't was enough to sell me on, you know, that, that blue paint job and those, those polished wheels. Those are nice, but man, the four piston brakes, the seat dropper post, the 52-volt battery instead of a 48-volt battery, the standard fenders and rack. I was like, that's it. 
And uh, I actually pre-ordered that day. Yeah, question about that. You just mentioned the C dropper and a 52-volt battery and all these specifications. And did you have any idea what those were a few months prior? <laughs> no, no, you're right. A few months prior, we didn't. I guess I should back up a little. After we found your, your site, we couldn't find any remaining bikes available for pre-order or order at the time. So we started looking. And I took the information that you provided me on your, your site, your YouTube videos, and we started looking for local people that had electric bikes. And I joined a small group here in Tennessee that dealt with bikes and electric bikes. And I had, the day I joined on Facebook, I, I logged in and I looked, and there was a, a gentleman selling a, a Rad Power step-through bike. And he was local to us, maybe 10 minutes away. He had just posted for sale. He bought it. It didn't fulfill his needs. He wanted something different. Long story short, I told my wife, I said, let's call him. Let's go look at it and ride it. We've never experienced an electric bike. So we had no, for those listeners that haven't, it's everything that you think it is. It's, <laughs> you have to find one and go try it. It doesn't matter what kind of e-bike it is. You got to find one and try it, right? Got to try it. We went up, he lived on a pretty steep incline and we were pedaling up the hill and pedals to zero. And, uh, and his, his advising said, start on zero and then go up to one. In pedals just one, you're going to feel like Superman. And we did. And we played with the throttle and that kind of thing. And, and uh, admittedly, probably it's probably best for me to say, but we didn't really have any intention on buying that bike <laughs> when we went to see it. We just kind of wanted to experience. And, I, you know, we got over there, and my, my wife just thought, this is great. Because at the time, uh, she had her Huffy and I had my jeans. She would pull my, my son and his carrier, and we would alternate. And she just despised pulling the carrier. He's about 20 pounds, and then the carrier's a few pounds. You know, if you pull it up and out a couple of long hills, it'll really wear on you, and she didn't care for it. Understandable. <laughs> so she pulled me aside, and she said, if we buy this bike, I will pull our son and this carrier from now on. <laughs> and I said, that, that's a good enough deal. <laughs> that's a pretty good deal, right? That was it. We purchased it for her. That was our first one. And then after that, she rode her, her electric bike, and I rode my, my old Janus. But it was not very long before I would be tired, my hands hurt, my you know, my legs hurt, of course. And they would just be zipping right along, just out exploring. You're trying to keep up. Right. I'm huffing and puffing, and they're they're looking at the scenery and you know looking at the trees and the lake and the wildlife and all that. And I'm just you know, seeing spots because I'm puff, I'm huffing and puffing so hard to get up this hill. That's what kind of set the the, the gears in motion to to find a bike of my own. And through watching your, your YouTube videos and, and that kind of thing, I decided I want that bolt in 2020. And when the Blackbird video hit, I had the money to set aside in the account. And, you know, it was a very quick decision. The video released, and I think a couple hours later, after I finished my, my welding, uh, welding job, I, uh, I went in and, and pre-ordered it. Awesome. Well, I appreciate that. I honestly wish that the... Delivery time frame was as quick as your decision to buy one, <laughs> because uh, as everybody knows, the delays have just kept coming and coming with for one reason or another this year, and it's been just so unpredictable. Here we are in early September, and I thought, I'll be honest, I said the bikes were going to ship to customers in August for that very first batch that we launched, and that's because I fully expected the bikes to arrive to me in July. So I gave myself a buffer just in case, you know, I, I always do that. Give ourselves some wiggle room. You know, if we can deliver bikes ahead of time, great. And here we are 
early September and we still got a little ways to go. So I do have to apologize to all the customers, you included, that have pre-ordered those Blackbirds. I really appreciate it. They are totally going to be worth the wait. But yeah, yeah, I have to apologize and say, wow, the the wait is longer than I could have possibly predicted. Uh, No one could have guessed what that was going to do to the the bike industry this year. Hopefully we'll get that to you very soon and you don't have to keep huffing and puffing (laughs) waiting for your Blackbird to show up. No. The situation with the virus and all the supply chain, it's, it's so fluid that, I mean, just like you said, even with buffers, I mean, things change from day to day uh, over there and over here. The shipping industry certainly, even within the continental U.S., is it's changed since last year. I, I shipped 10 to 12 packages a week, and what used to take two days to get from Tennessee to the East Coast or Tennessee to the West Coast, it would take two or three days. Now it's taken five or six. and that's just the nature of it. Don't worry. I'm very excited for the second Blackbird video, the one where you had one there. I was really excited to learn about the upgrades. The, was it the 9-speed instead of the 7-speed? Yeah, there was a few things I, I left out from the first video because I wasn't sure timeline-wise if those parts were going to show up in time to put them on. But thankfully, those ones did. There's one more upgrade, and I guess people are going to find out about it from this podcast episode. It's both an upgrade and one of the causes of the delays. That's one of the things that I've tried to do because I know people are waiting so patiently for these is if we have a part that isn't available, if at all possible, I try and see what can we get faster that's as good as or better. We're not going to downgrade the bike, but can we get something quicker that makes the bike better? We have had one exception, which is the 24-inch, the smaller size tires not being tubeless ready. I, there's just nothing I can get for this batch of bikes. And I, I wish there was something. Good news is we can get those early 2021. So hopefully we have a replacement option for all those customers that got those. How exactly we're going to arrange that, I don't know yet, but we're going to figure that out. But the last problem that happened And I just got a final update on this last night. It was something we were working with and uh, trying to figure out lead times and things before we either make a change or not make a change or update things. Uh, Basically, the suspension forks from the brand that we were using, just the quality once we got the production batch. So literally have forks in hand, bikes ready to be wrapped up, and the forks just aren't quite as good as they should have been. And it's one of those times when you're like, Well, we could just have all these bikes assembled and we ship them to customers. Or, well, it really isn't the quality that I expected. So what do we do about it? Fortunately, the manufacturer of the forks agreed to take them all back. And we found another suspension fork that is still an inverted fork, same design. If I didn't say anything, some people might not even notice, but it's even better. It's an upgraded version and brand than what we originally showed in that second video. So I've got a new fork being installed on all of the bikes. So that's the last piece that we're waiting on now. So as much as I'd love to tell people the bikes are done and they're in a container on the way to the U.S. right now, the reality is they're they're all sitting there waiting for suspension forks to be installed. And that's where production is at. And the first 75 bikes, and I know I'm off tracking a little bit, but I figure if I put this information out everywhere, then everybody will know. And I want to make sure everybody knows what's going on behind the scenes and when to expect these bikes coming in. And, you know, if we put it on the podcast and the YouTube and the emails, hopefully the word will get out. 
the first batch of bikes, obviously they're going to be completed, wrapped up and shipped first as soon as possible. Uh, so they're delayed a little bit, but the good thing is after that, we're going to have not just the first batch of bikes done, but we have all the parts and pieces for the second batch that was originally scheduled for September. That's going to be pushed back into October a bit. And then the last batch for November, we'll have all the parts on hand overseas for assembling those. And hopefully that November batch will actually be still on track. So we got a little catching up to do, but bad news is unfortunate, more unforeseen delays. Good news is everybody's getting a a more expensive fork without paying for a higher price because everybody already paid for the bikes. We're not changing the price, but we're getting an even better fork than what I showed in the original video. So one more upgrade and that's, uh, I guess you're the first one to hear about it and then everybody else is going to hear about it when this podcast episode comes out. That's great. I'm going to go tell the Facebook group. I'm going to tell Makita and Rich <laughs> and Kim and Paul over, over in the Facebook group. That's great. That's really good news. Yes, there have been delays and there's been setbacks and I know that, of course, they're unavoidable and you know, some people uh, are more impatient than others, but it almost seems like for every chance that we're given to see what Bolton is made of and what Bolton is going to do every single time, you've been steady and true to making it better. Kind of like Papa Ken talked about in his, in his episode, you're really building a brand and an experience. And people that I've told, hey, I bought a Bolton e-bike, never heard of them or I've never heard of, heard of the company or whatever. Why would you, why would you spend that much money on, <laughs> on a bike that they don't have dealer networks and they don't have buildings? And I said, but you know what? I, I said, it's kind of like a boutique, boutique biking or boutique bicycles. Here, at least, you know, maybe out there, uh, little boutiques have kind of popped up. You know, they have boutique food and boutique clothes and boutique, you know, electronics or whatever. And this, your Bolton is kind of a boutique bike brand, I guess, if you will. And it's, you know, it's very hands-on. It's very small, very limited quantities, but it's very thoughtfully curated and very thoughtfully built. And that's what I like the most about your company and your brand is it's everything about it is very thoughtful. The passion just exudes from your videos and your community and, and that kind of thing for, you know, you're not selling bicycles and bicycle parts. No, you're selling e-bikes and e-bike parts. That whole experience is really something special. Going to the community on Facebook, I don't have a problem asking, you know, a, a question that I don't know the answer to. You know, I'm not going to get looked down on or made fun of because I don't know the answer. At the same token, you know, there's a lot of good information out there. And if I could sum it up, I guess, in, in a few words is why I chose a Bolton, that it's, it's for that experience. It's for that small, select few, hand-curated, hand-built, very thoughtfully designed and supported and that means a lot to me and i think it means a lot to others out there as well well thanks again for sharing that information a lot of that comes from for those that don't know i mean i originally when i started this e-bike business i was building each bike from the frame every single piece you know i was assembling it myself by hand and that's how it got started and i know that a lot of the manufacturing and things like that happen overseas now because I just physically can't build enough of the bikes fast enough to do it that way anymore. But I do want people to know that like the Blackbird, you know, when it comes down to the suspension fork or something like that, and we have, you know, I'm rather particular about what components we're trying to use and make sure we're getting good parts and kind of that selection or the curation process, if you will, 
I know some people online, they think, oh, you just go to Alibaba and you find a bike manufacturer and you just buy a model they have. And it's like, yeah, we don't do it that way <laughs> at all. It sounds really easy when you say it that way. And it might be easy, but to me, that wouldn't be the end product that I, I actually want to sell. So I really don't have any interest in doing that. If anything's going to change going forward for Bolton e-bikes, it's that I'm trying to set things up in our shop here and our shipping processes and everything so we can kind of keep that aspect of the business, make unique bikes and parts that are different and hopefully better in ways that other people just aren't doing things. I just like to do things differently. <laughs> and I guess that's part of it. But I'm hoping that, you know, I can do more customized types of bikes and parts and things. As the volume grows, it gets more difficult. But I want people to know that a large volume company with, you know, 100 or 200 employees is not what I want. And I have no intention of ever doing that. I just, that doesn't sound fun anymore at that point. It sounds like a big corporation with mass produced products. And I don't ever I want Bolton e-bikes to be like that. Yeah, exactly. It sounds like work. It doesn't sound like fun. I would rather we go backwards and we sell less bikes, but we sell better bikes if we have to do something, you know. So that's a balance right now with the, the demand of bikes and how many people want to buy things. And, uh, and we are having to turn certain things away and just say, sorry, we don't have the time to do that type of job or that type of bike. But I want to make sure we're doing a good job of what we are doing. That's a, kind of a rambling on of the future of Bolton e-bikes. But that's a vague, hopefully, vision of, of where things are going forward. One thing I'm going to ask is, uh, can you give me more information on the Bolton Labs? That's funny. That's a good question. We got just a few minutes. So yeah, that was something he threw out the term Bolton Labs. I just want to say that didn't come from me. Although who knows, we may, maybe we'll decide to use that. I mean, immediate plans. So our facility here is, is kind of like a warehouse. We're not in a retail area of any sort. But it really doesn't matter because people are coming from all over the country to pick up their bikes or test ride bikes. And, and if anything, I like our location because it's a little more secluded and people can ride bikes around the building. They can ride down the road. They can ride it to some local trails. It just works quite nicely where we're at. But right now, for probably now until the end of this year, the big push and the big focus is getting you know, equipment and processes in for getting all of these, you know, Blackbirds and other models that are coming in, the Sabres, all these pre-ordered bikes, making sure that we have equipment set up so we can get these shipped out safely and efficiently. While I'm in here in the office area recording on this podcast, I've got guys working out hard in the shop, setting up some new equipment that just showed up yesterday. Once I have that full packing line set up, Maybe I'll release some uh, little tidbits uh, or video footage on, on what that looks like because I can guarantee nobody else is doing it and it should be pretty interesting. So that's a lot of the focus toward the end of this year. And let's just say the idea of Bolton Labs that Kim talked about or asked about is kind of something different that I'm hoping we can dedicate more time early 2021 and beyond. And I have a lot of stuff on the drawing board. Think of it like the auto industry doing their concept cars, right? They build like a crazy, ridiculous car. They may or may not ever sell that car, but sometimes it shows kind of what could be done. And I guess those are the kind of 
bikes that I want to start with. So in other words, I go back to building some bikes one by one by hand. It'll be kind of like the concept uh, cars of the e-bike world where we build a concept. Maybe we sell it, maybe we don't. It kind of depends on you know what the demand is. But we do some just insane things that people don't think are even possible. So when people talk about an e-bike having 50 miles of range or 80 miles of range and how impressive that is, I've got something that's just maybe a little bit ridiculous, but just will blow that so far out of the water that people would just be like, wait, what? <laughs> how is that even possible? And there's some compromises with the technology we have. But those are the kind of things that I want to do out of the quote-unquote Bolton Labs and just show people, here's what's possible, and try and kind of push e-bikes to kind of the next level beyond where they are now. So I hope that helps answer your question. Yeah, that's a really interesting idea. It would be really neat to see what type of innovation comes out of that cutting-edge creativity. When you have the knowledge and the know-how and the parts that you do and the experience that you do, and you can just kind of throw stuff together and just, like you said, come up with something crazy and you may not actually make the bike production run, but you may develop a part or a you know a series of batteries or a big battery system that runs in parallel that you could use on the bike later down the road. Exactly. Technology is very good in the car world. A lot, like you said, a lot of the prototype. Uh, if you look back five, ten years ago, of course, some of the prototype cars that they were coming out with had these big digital screens in the <laughs> dash, and it didn't have any gauges. And mm-hmm. who would have thought? You know, now one of the best-selling cars out there doesn't have any cases. They have a huge LCD screen in the middle of the dash. You're right. Those concepts like the screens and everything, like, you know, at the time, it, it maybe wasn't feasible and didn't make sense. But then people could see, oh, that's probably going to be possible in, a, in the future. And sometimes you get a lot of good feedback from doing that sort of thing. That's like, oh, here's a really cool concept. Nobody wants it, though. (laughs) And so we really shouldn't build it. And I'm hoping that we can do some cool things like that here at Bolton E-Bikes, where it's like, hey, we build a crazy bike. It does that, this. And, and, you know, maybe we do some limited production runs or some one-offs or something that are customized. But we can kind of take people through the process of, here's why we built this type of bike that's really weird and different or does this other thing or here's why it has so much range, but you know, how heavy the battery is, you know, and we kind of see like, what are the limits? Cause I'm noticing one of my pet peeves, if you will, with like, you know, cell phones is, is they keep getting bigger and the batteries keep getting better, but the battery life doesn't always get better. Like stop making the phone slimmer and give me the bigger battery. I want, <laughs> that's one of my funny things where I'm like, all right, I have the you know, one of the phones I could find that has the biggest possible battery because I want to be able to use it and work on it or film on it or do things all day long and it doesn't die. Uh, and to me, that's important. Could we do an e-bike that does the same thing? You could literally ride it all day long, maybe even all night long, maybe even into the next day as much as you possibly could and you couldn't kill the battery. Can we do that? And how do we do it? Maybe like dual motors with regenerative braking on the front end of rear motors or something. (laughs) Exactly. You know, is, are there efficient ways to harvest some of that energy back and maybe regenerative braking only gives you 10% at best and a solar panel only gives you this much. And maybe this other thing gives you a little bit more, but if you add some of those things up and you add in some different tires and aerodynamics and you start putting it all together, 
sometimes you can come up with something that suddenly makes sense. Or maybe it will make sense in a few years with a couple of changes. And when those technological changes happen, we're ready for it. You know, we don't want to be behind the curve, kind of waiting around seeing, oh, what's everybody else doing? I, I want to be at the, at the front of the line saying, what can we do that nobody else has thought of yet? That will be interesting to see. I'm, I'm very excited to see what comes out of Bolton Labs. We'll see how many people keep mentioning Bolton Labs. Who knows? Maybe that'll be like tiny and it'll just stick. <laughs> yeah, it'll be a new hashtag on the community. <laughs> That's right. Maybe the, the people can post ideas and hash, do the hashtag Bolton Labs and give you, give you and, the, and the guys there some ideas. I was going to mention something that Kim brought up, or actually you, know, you and Kim talked about on the last podcast episode, that how many people are there, or how many manufacturers are there of a product that make something that you want to go visit or that you want to go see or you want to go be a part of? And I really think, just from my experience, I haven't known about you, but maybe just two or three months, I mean, four months maybe, and I would love to come out to Grass Valley and, <laughs> and see your shop and see the workings and see, meet the staff. And of course, I've had interactions with Jessica and I'd like to, like to meet her and talk to her. And I'd like to be inv- more involved. But there's another, there's another YouTube group that I follow, if I can mention it, it's, uh, it's one called Flight Test on, oh, yes. on YouTube. I'm very uh, familiar with their channel. <laughs> What's so neat about them is I mean, they have a very niche, a very, very specialized niche is remote control aircraft, remote control model aircraft. Which if those who have listened to the podcast for long, you may know that when I was a kid, I built lots of remote controlled airplanes. And I converted them to lithium electric power very early on when most people were not doing that. So anyway, go ahead. No, you're right. And I'm, I'm the same way. I'm, one of my side hobbies is remote control. And I've built a lot of the, the aircrafts as well. But what Josh, the Joshes, uh, and, and them at, at Flight Test really did is they took this really specialized niche that you can tell these guys are passionate about it. I mean, everything they do in the video is, is flight or mechanics or controls and all you know all this stuff and they really built a community i mean they have a forum and they have a facebook group but better yet they now have i haven't been able to take part in it or and yet but they have what's called flight fest east and west and, and all that and it's a community shows up from all over the nation and it's a big two or three day event you bring your model aircraft that you built and, and i really think you're onto something taking bolton in that direction is you know these bikes they're easy enough that, you know, we could throw a couple in the back of a pickup truck or on the back of a carrier and then make a journey to a destination where Bolton customers and, and future Bolton customers and biking enthusiasts alike all get together and go on a trail ride or a three-day experience. We ride up a trail in a national park and the limit is boundless there. But like I say, the flight test guys took that niche and really developed and built this community and and I really think that you're onto the same kind of thing, and that would be really neat to see what comes in the next year or two or three or four for Bolton and the Bolton community. I think as things start to open up a little bit travel-wise and you know, we can have groups of people together again and kind of go back to normal, if you will, then I have a idea, definitely not going to say this because I don't know if it's going to happen yet, but I have an idea. I've pitched it to the other guys here at the shop at Jessica and, and to see what they think. And most of them are like, well, that's cool. There's a lot of logistical questions about how this is going to happen. I'm hopeful if things go to where we can have an event next year, I think I have the ideal 
venue in mind. It's here in Northern California, not right here at the uh, the Bolton e-bikes uh, warehouse facility shop, whatever you want to call it, but a little distance from here that I think would be a lot of fun, and it would be a great excuse for everyone to bring their e-bikes too. So I like where you're going with this and I I do think it's a great idea and and I have something in mind and if we're able to do it, hopefully that's a a 2021 event of some sort. So we're definitely keeping that in the in the back of our minds and just uh stay tuned, I guess, if if that's something we can pull off. That would be neat. I'm at the cars and trucks and hot rods and there's a, a magazine called Hot Rod and they have what's called the Hot Rod Power Tour. Or they did. I don't know about if they're having it this year, but in years previous, they would start and they would drive, you know, about 250, 300 miles per leg per day. And what you do is you start in one city and drive. Everybody would drive the same route to the next city. And when they got to the next city, you know, they'd pop open their hoods and open their doors and might have a little car show and they'd have music and bands and that kind of thing. And then they'd pack up that next morning and they'd drive another 250 miles. And I think it'd be really, really cool to do something like that with the you know, maybe not 250 miles, but you, know, <laughs> right. you could, you know, come up with a with a few destinations and, you know, maybe 30 miles or something and ride, ride 30 miles and, and hang out, have dinner, you know, I would have a band or have, you know, some, have a little festival or something and let us charge our batteries, stay in a hotel and then, or a cabin or something and then go to group down some more trails or to another destination or something. That would be kind of cool to me further down the road, perhaps. Yeah. We'll see what happens. I think, uh, like I said, I think we've got something in mind. Could be a lot of fun uh, if we can figure out the logistics and uh, if it's a uh, kosher safe activity to do in 2021, I'll see if we can pull it off. But I think it'd be great to have something where, where all these people who are kind of in these online communities and watching videos together on YouTube and all this stuff have a spot where you can kind of all come together with their bikes and meet in person one day. So hopefully we'll see that. I was going to say, I'd be remiss if I didn't try to encourage you while I had you on the, on the phone to please, please consider building a, a cruiser bike similar to the Cheetah. <laughs> that Cheetah video, I'm very anxious for my Blackbird to arrive. But that Cheetah, that's you put your personalized touches and passion into a cruiser-style fat tire bike. That will be my next purchase. That will be, I like the, the lines and the look and everything like that. So. You ask for opinions on the YouTube video, you've got my vote to build your own type of a, a cruiser like that. Well, hopefully this is motivation for people to always listen to the podcast because sometimes you get information before everyone else. I do appreciate the feedback. The feedback on the video was very positive when I showed off the Cheetah bike. The Cheetah itself, with some accessories and things just coming standard, we have a shipment of those already on the way. They're on a truck somewhere. They'll be here in a matter of days. Who knows, maybe by the time this podcast episode comes out. That's the short-term plan because with all the craziness with bikes and production right now, we can get some of those on a short lead time and actually have something to offer. So we will have the, the Cheetah models in stock really, really soon. And then I've already talked to... My friends overseas who are friends with the guys over at Revy Bikes, which is how this whole connection already started, about doing something more. So no final details on exactly what we're going to be able to do with the bike beyond how it looks now, but definitely going to have those Cheetah bikes in stock, and there'll probably be a Bolton e-bike specific version at some point in the future. 
months down the road. So it's it'll be coming for sure. Thank you. Well, thanks again, Scott, uh, or Tiny, I should say. Uh, I appreciate you having you on the podcast. I learned a lot of interesting things actually from you. So I, once again, thank you. Like I said, everybody who listens is going to learn something. And hopefully people who are listening got some, some tidbits or information on the further direction, exciting things that are coming. One thing I got to say right now is don't wait for the next iteration of an e-bike though, because there's always going to be improvements. Don't waste any time. Just get some sort of e-bike now so you can have some fun. There's always going to be a better one in the future, but it's uh, nothing so mind-blowing you know, in the next few months that I think it's worth waiting for. I think you're going to miss out on months of riding fun if you do that. So thanks again for everybody for listening. If you haven't been on the podcast before, make sure to go to ebikepodcast.com and you can sign up for email notification so when these episodes come out. And that's how you get to learn cool things about e-bikes or Bolton e-bikes or maybe other e-bike companies uh, that are introducing new things because who knows what's going to come next here. Once again, that's ebikepodcast.com. And of course, if you're looking for a bike or more information, feel free to go check us out online at boltonebikes.com or of course the Bolton e-bikes YouTube channel. Thanks again. And hopefully I will be talking to you again next week.